You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. What is up, Faithful? Hopefully you guys are enjoying uh, whatever summer you got going on. But here's the deal. And the reason why I had to jump on today is, guess what? 49ers are actually reporting for football to the facilities today. Now, not everybody. And we'll, we'll jump into a little bit of that. But... It is officially here. <laughs> I think we could say, you know, training camp, players reporting. It's rookies, quarterbacks, and any players going through rehab uh, for injuries or whatever. They all report today. Now, what does that look like? Um, they're not showing up and doing, like, physical activities and things like that. They're basically showing up, getting tested, and going back home. But we do have our starting point. You know, Santa Clara, uh, they approved the 49ers basically handling of COVID and their plan and all these different things. The NFL approved it as well, which not all teams have been approved yet, but the 49ers have been. So they have 
responded and it is here now obviously it's going to be a very long while before we get some news going on with you know uh how workouts are going rotations all those things and it's probably going to be a very difficult year for me and other writers journalists podcasters covering the team because access is going to be much more limited than ever before so we'll stay tuned <laughs> i'll do the best that i can to get whatever information that is out there to you hopefully you guys understand that but uh, i just wanted to jump on today and talk through some things you know i was going through my notes from the 2019 year and it was this uh, exact same day that we went over offensive training camp battles for 2019 season. So I, I went back through, read those notes. It was very interesting to say the least. And I'm going to share some of those with you. Um, we're going to kind of review the offensive production of the 2019 year, which was exceptional. And then we're going to go through the 2020 offensive position battles, which we know a lot about. But I just wanted to take time. And bounce back and forth off of some of those players, uh, you know, who we could expect to shine, um, what's at stake, and maybe positions of weakness and or strength across that. Because, again, if you have a position battle, that just means nobody's won it yet. So, by definition, there's not a clear-cut starter. Usually, these are your weaker positions. Um you know, Kyle Shanahan, as great as he is, probably one of the greatest offensive coaches in the league by far, he is able to mask a lot of those. But you don't want to hamstring your offensive play caller. So we'll go through a lot of those. And, you know, I also got to say just a couple quick things. Shout out to the Countdown crew. I'm seeing people showing up. What's up? What's up? I know this is a little earlier than we usually go live. But, um, man, the coronavirus Chapman household, uh, the wife has to record as well. And so we have have to basically schedule <laughs> when we record and kind of rotate because we're in a tiny apartment. Uh, but anyway, we're trying to figure those things out. So that's why we're a little earlier today. Apologize if you have to catch this uh, after if you can't join us live. But for those of you joining us live, just want to say thank you, whether that's on uh, YouTube, Periscope, or if you're with Hot Mike, which I always recommend going over to Hot Mike. And thank you, Wes, for welcoming back. Appreciate that. Thanks, uh, Jake and Coach. So. Today started off pretty awesome. Um, there are rumblings that the tight end one, the greatest tight end in the land, are getting closer and closer to a extension. Now, George Kittle, obviously, is who we're talking about. Now, nothing is permanent, okay? And there have not been any, you know, close... How do I say this? Sources to the team that are reporting that, but where there is smoke, there is fire. There's no doubt that both sides, George Kittle's side and the 49ers side, want to get a deal done. The problem is, whenever you look forward to the salary cap for the 2021 season, this is the issue. Because the, basically the two options that are before the owners right now, the Players Association is asking, instead of taking a huge cap hit, you know, probably going to be 40 to $50 million cap hit based on loss of revenue and ticket sales because fans aren't going to be able to go to the games or a very limited number of fans will be able to go to the games across the NFL. That makes up about 30% of the NFL revenue, which calculates into the salary cap. So there's two options. One, you just take a massive hit in 2021, rip the Band-Aid off, and you just drop your salary cap instead of being around 210 million it's going to be like 160 now the repercussions of that is 
veterans are going to get cut. You're going to have your star players, and then you're going to have a bunch of rookies and veteran minimum deals on your team for 2021. Nobody wants that. NFL owners don't want that. Players don't want that. Fans don't want that. So what they're working on now, and Tom Pelissero is kind of the go-to guy on this uh, with the negotiation back and forth between the owners and the NFLPA. They want to spread the cap loss out over 10 years, which the NFL has done this before. There's already precedent for it. So instead of that you know, $40 million cap hit, you do a $4 million cap hit over all the way through 2030. For each year. Um, that way you can get extensions like the George Kittle one done. My assumption is that they're already kind of agreed in premise to a ballpark figure. I think it's going to be around 13.4 uh, to 13.8 million in that kind of 13 middle range. I don't think it's going to go much past that, but they want to make sure that they understand the NFLPA and the owners agree on how they are going to deal with this shortfall. Um, if they spread it out, which I, they're going to do, I think the only issue right now is how far are they going to spread it out? Do they spread it all the way out to 2030? Is it just a five-year uh, fix? Uh, something along those lines. So uh, they'll figure these things out. But I don't think that the Kittle deal gets announced officially until they get that figured out. Once that gets figured out, I expect the Kittle deal to happen rather soon. At least I hope so. Initially, I was saying probably not until week four, but if they can figure the salary cap battle out, because that's the whole hangup. Obviously, everybody wants Kittle to stay, but if you're dropping $40 million next year off the salary cap, yeah, now you're scratching your head. You got guys like Kyle Juszczyk, um, there's just people that you're going to have to pay. There's only one corner signed for the 2021 season currently. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, hopefully, and again, you guys, who if you're watching this live, just want to say thank you. And let me know. Put it in the comments. If you guys have questions, uh, put it in the comments. Uh, let's see where that is. Now, David, uh, he, he asked me, what kind of guarantee do you think Kittle gets? I am one of the biggest proponents for player guarantees. Um, you know, the football is a hundred percent injury rate sport. Everybody gets hurt. Even the kickers Our kicker missed time last year. Right. So I think that, you know, my favorite type of contracts that have been done are the Kirk cousin type of contracts, um, where it's almost fully guaranteed. You look at what happened, you know, with, um, Patrick Mahomes deal, he did a sliding guarantee where basically if the team wants to walk away from Patrick Mahomes, they're going to have to pay him a year and a half to get rid of him. And so I want super high guarantees for Kittle. Uh, the guy has done everything that you've ever wanted in a football player. So let's say he gets a four-year, $13.5 million uh, per year. I want those first three years almost fully guaranteed. Uh, then you get the option that gives you leverage to sign another extension moving forward. I don't want George Kittle ever putting on another uniform. Um, I want him staying. That's just what it is. And so I think it's going to be a very highly, um, you know, it, it's weird. Because you look at Parag Marante, David, I love this question. And I'm answering this off the top of my head so you can kind of see I'm, I'm bouncing back and forth. What the 49ers do and what they love is players that bet on themselves. You look at the Richard Sherman deal. Uh, you can go to all the way across. Basically, the worst contract that they have done, the two worst contracts they've done, were Malcolm Smith and Jarek McKinnon. Those were players who never took a snap in their system, and they had to get them here, and they were in position, uh, kind of bidding battles for both of them. I don't know who the hell was trying to get Malcolm Smith besides us, but whatever. 
I don't like giving high guarantees to players who haven't played for us. I want a locker room type driven system where you reward their guys that have been there and have, you know, struggled through what it's like playing on a rookie deal. George Kittle was a fifth round pick. Uh, he has not made a lot of money. Now, football standard wise, uh, teacher wise, he's loaded, but he's made most of his income from endorsements and sponsorships. This is his first big payday. Um, now you look at guys like DeForest Buckner, who you couldn't resign, but you allowed him to go get a huge payday before he had to play out that fifth year option. And so I love that. I love that. I hate that Buckner's gone, but whenever you reward your players and let them get paid, great things happen. Now we also have this Raheem Mostert thing. I was going to talk about this in a little bit, but let's talk about this. Um, Raheem Mostert has kind of cleared the air. He went in and talked to uh, the the verbiage that was used, a high-up person in the front office. We still don't know who he spoke to, but cleared the air. Raheem Mostert never wanted to leave. He has a terrible agent uh, that missed his leverage opportunity. He's just also a player's 28-year-old running back who has made you know right at $4 million for his career. He's trying to get paid. This is the NFL. It's a business. It's his life. and And so... The fact that we have a front office, if you look at kind of Le'Veon Bell, uh, whatever, uh, you know, Antonio Brown, these type of personalities, you know, the Raheem Mostert thing could have went bad, could have went real bad because you get the information that guess what? He's not happy. We want to trade. And then what happened? We had silence. We had no leaks. We didn't have an owner coming out criticizing like you see down in Jacksonville and the GM and Yannick and Gawkway and all that stuff going on. We didn't have that. It just it went quiet, which is perfect. You allow talking heads like myself and a whole bunch of other people to kind of put the stuff out there. And guess what happened? Raheem Mostert went in and basically said, hey, I love it here. Let's figure something out. Now, I think they'll channel some guarantees over hopefully as kind of an act of goodwill and olive branch but this front office slash players locker room it's very healthy right now and you want to keep that and if Kittle's happy he is the tone setter in the room especially on offense you talk about Richard Sherman you talk about George Kittle Kittle's the guy okay Kittle is the guy uh, there's no doubt about that so uh, take that for what you want now what I want to do is I want to jump back and just go through some of my notes from uh, this exact point last year, okay? Um, here are the handful of positions that we broke down last year. Running backs, we, we didn't know who was going to be number one. You know, at this point last year, Jarek McKinnon wasn't hurt. Tevin Coleman just got brought in. He was signed. Brita was kind of the guy uh, that we thought was going to be number one, and I even put in my notes, he should be the starter. He should be the lead back, Matt Breida, not Tevin Coleman, not Jarek McGinn. It should be Breida. Well, guess what? Uh, Breida fell <laughs> on hard times, got in the doghouse, got traded, and basically was a non-factor through the playoff run uh, just because Kyle Shanahan didn't trust him. You know, he had those uh, four fumbles over 11 touches, and it was just done after that, the way he responded. Raheem Mostert was never even mentioned. Now let's fast forward to 2020. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but Mostert seems to be the guy. Jarek McKinnon, by all intents and purposes, really, really healthy. If you've seen his workout videos, dude's jacked. Uh, now it's a big difference between you know working out against air, doing agility and lifting weights, and you know getting hit by a 250-pound linebacker. But the eye test tells us Jarek McKinnon's ready. 
That's huge. Tevin Coleman, he's in the same spot. Um, you know, everybody knows I'm not the biggest Tevin guy, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, but again, whenever you put things into perspective and you look to last year, Raheem Mostert was an afterthought. He was a special teams guy and, a, you know, an all pro level special teams guy, but he wasn't even in the mix. Now he's the leading guy going forward. Jarek McKinnon, we've all kind of written off and he redid his deal to stay because he would have got cut. He, he would have got cut. So they redo his deal. He's on a prove it, <laughs> kind of see what's going to happen. Uh, and then, of course, Tevin Coleman, which Tevin Coleman's not going anywhere. He can't go anywhere because uh, we passed the date. As soon as we passed 6-1, June 1st, half of his contract was guaranteed. So he's already got paid. So if you cut him, you only get $2.8 million back. Uh, I don't think that they're going to do that, especially because they're up against the cap. Um, I think that's kind of where it's stuck. Um, so that's where we're at that. We'll talk about the rest of the running backs in a second, but uh, let's finish up this recap real quick of the 2019 position slot wide receiver. We had no clue. Uh, again, 2019 notes. Pettis is your number one. Debo is your number two. Godwin is your number three. Emmanuel Sanders wasn't in there. Pettis disappeared by week four. Uh, Debo turned out to be everything we ever thought he would be and Goodwin basically they wrote him off by week seven um Kendrick Bourne came up a lot of people were hoping Richie James would make a big deal but he didn't he did it he never showed um they kept him basically just on the punt team and you know he got a handful of receptions but he was never in the solid rotation Trent Taylor goes out he was you know the all pro of training camp last year he got zero snaps Jalen Hurd gets hurt and so Things didn't turn out the way we do. And this is football. <laughs> People get hit. Look at the number two tight end position last year. Caden Smith. Caden <laughs> uh, Smith was supposed to be the guy. Uh, the, it's super deep roster. He ends up getting waived. Giants pick him up. I think he started like 12 games for the Giants. Uh, so I think the talent evaluation on Caden Smith was right. Uh, they just didn't have a spot for him. They just didn't have it. Um, you know, <laughs> Ross Dwelly was the fourth tight end uh sorry fifth tight end whenever training camp started and he just stuck with it and got a lot of playing time but again you look back at dwelly they phased off of him swing tackle the backup offensive tackles last year school and sean coleman no mention of brunskill he wasn't even signed yet the aaf was still a thing he gets shut down he gets brought in now he's probably going to be a starter we'll talk about that in a little bit and again Debo was not even signed at this point last year. He still wasn't signed. And, you know, people were getting upset, Michael Crabtree stuff, and like, oh, man, why won't he just do this? You move forward to 2020, all of our picks are signed. All of our draft picks are signed. The 49ers are gold whenever it comes to contract situations with rookies. We're good. Uh, you look across the NFL, currently nine first-rounders still have not signed for their teams in 2020, okay? So, you know, you're looking at Joe Burrow, number one. He's still not signed. Lots of players not signed. But the 49ers, who have two first-round draft picks, Javon Kinlaw and Brandon Ayuk, they're both signed. They're good. So when you step back, you look at last year, you look at now where we're at, every single one of these situations is improved. Every one of these situations is better. Um, I, I really do believe that. Now, what happened with the offensive ranks in 2019? This is important. There, there's you know a, a picture going around on Twitter, and it you know it breaks down 
all of the 32 offenses in the NFL, and it ranks them. You know, your elite tier, your great tier, your good tier, average, whatever else. And the 49ers were in the second tier. And obviously, <laughs> I thought that was ridiculous, especially whenever they had six teams in the elite tier ahead of us. And it's just stupid. Uh, I don't understand that. And whenever you look at just the numbers themselves, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to run through some of the numbers of 2019. This is just the regular season. Second most points scored in the NFL. <laughs> if that's not elite, I don't know what is. The number one thing that an offense has to do is put up points. <laughs> so how did the 49ers do that? Oh, guess what? We averaged 29.9 points per game. 29.9. You're putting up 30 points a game. It used to be in the NFL that if you scored 17 points, you would win. That was up through the 80s. Then it was 21 points. Now the 49ers are putting up 30 points a game. Um, it's impressive. Fourth in yards, again, average 381 offensive yards per game, 19th in turnovers. And so I'm not just going to give you the good facts. <laughs> we, you got to take it all, man. You got to be honest. You got to be realistic. 19th in turnovers is awful. Fumbles, interceptions, um, those things are terrible. And a lot of that was you got to put on the shoulders of Jimmy Garoppolo, right? He's got the interceptions. He's got the fumbles. Uh, you can even go back to, I think it was week two when we were in the, the goal, goal line, red zone, and we do a jet sweep and they snap the ball at the wrong time, hits the guy running by, fumble, and we lose points. Things like that. Um, this was almost everybody's first year in the system whenever you look at it from a quarterback standpoint because all the timing, tempo, Everything goes through him. A lot of those got cleaned up later in the year, but still issues. Uh, a major area of improvement. Now, in again, this is my favorite stat. The 49ers scored the second most points, but they only attempted the 29th most pass attempts. So they're in the bottom. <laughs> they don't throw the ball much. They run the ball like crazy. So you throw the 29th most passes, but you have the 13th most passing yards. Efficiency is key in a Shanahan offense. You can go back to dad, Kubiak, doesn't matter. Efficiency is key. It's not that you have to throw the ball 50 times, even though you can do that. We saw that in the Cardinals game. We saw that in the Saints game. You can win that way, but that's not how it's designed. 10th most passing touchdowns, 18th most interceptions. Um, you know, it, it is interesting because everybody brings up Jimmy Garoppolo's interceptions. He's not even in the worst half of the league. He's 18th, which needs improvement. I'm not saying it doesn't. But it's not like he was out there setting records for interceptions. That's, that's not what it was. 18th ranked in the NFL. 16th is average. Anything above that or below that, whatever. Um Let's see here. Uh, third most yards per passing attempt, efficiency. Second most rushing yards, average 144 a game. That's good enough to be the best in the league nine out of ten years. The Baltimore Ravens, they averaged over 200 yards a game, uh, record-breaking stuff. But what the 49ers did on the ground with not the best offensive line last year, the offensive line is going to be much better this year. Uh Two improved starters just off the bat, uh, maybe even more. You look at McGlinchey getting better. You look at Lakin getting better. Perhaps, maybe, Richburg will finally be healthy. Who knows? Uh, but anyway, uh, first in rushing touchdowns. Averaged over a rushing touchdown a game. Ninth in yards per uh, rushing attempt. 4.6 yards per carry. Run the ball three times, that's a first down. Uh, there's a reason why they run the ball so much it works. Now, 
once we look at third and fourth down metrics, this is where it gets kind of fun because it, what the 49ers do is establish first downs, take a huge chunk. They're not like the Chiefs where they're throwing the ball 20 yards downfield two or three times in a row. No, it's run the ball, run the ball, short screen pass, run the ball, run the ball, hit the flats, run the ball, play action, chunk it deep. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has not attempted a lot of deep passes, but he did have the highest completion percentage of balls that travel more than 20 yards downfield. Efficiency, making things work. Now, once you look at third down, and again, if you've been over you know, on the Patreon side of things, I've already uploaded two different third down breakdowns. I'm about to do another one uh, just of Jimmy Garoppolo. He's the best in the league. He had a 50% conversion rate on third downs throughout the, the whole entire 2019 year. Best in the NFL. Now, if you look at the entire team, whenever you include rush attempts, all that kind of stuff, the 49ers were fifth whenever it comes to third down conversion rate with 45% uh, success rate. And, and so there, there's so much success there. Sixth on fourth downs with a 58.3% a percent success rate and I'm going to this is the final stat I'll talk about and I think again this is where the 49ers can improve they were 21st in red zone percentage scoring percentage that's trash they could move all the way up and down the field but once it got close they missed a lot of points they left a lot of points on the board that's from red zone interceptions red zone fumbles missed field goals you know with Robbie Gold being out snapper being out holder all that just all the different stuff that's really, really bad. 53.2%. That is bad. You want to be closer to 70 to 75%. That's kind of the elite level. This is a team that had the second most points scored okay, in the entire NFL. And you're telling me they were 21st in the red zone? This is something that's got to improve. Now, how does that improve? Um, Decision-making and not near as many mistakes. Look at all those touchdowns that Kittle had called back. I think it was six on the year. Uh, you change those things. Holdings, pass interference, false starts, fumble, drop passes. Kendrick Bourne, Debo, both uh, close to the league lead and drop passes. Those are issues that can be fixed and will have to be fixed. Because whenever you look at the big picture, they're missing opportunities. They're still meat on the bone for this team. Uh, they can still do some great things. So that's kind of where we're at. Um, now, before we jump into the actual 2020 um, position battles, which I'm excited about, and we're going to spend some time talking about all of these, uh, a real quick word from our sponsor, then we'll be right back for some more content. I just want to give a real quick shout out to our sponsor. I love this betonline.ag these guys are awesome they have supported the uh, podcast and all of blue wire podcasts for a while now they are a great company and here's the deal with currently no nba nhl mlb football whatever you there's no sports we get it but here's the deal you can still go out and bet um our exclusive partner betonline.ag still has hundreds of events games props to wager on from their online casinos to poker blackjack they're bringing vegas to you now, uh, if you're missing the NFL, um, no problem. They have live daily, every single day, Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on. So you can still bet on TV shows like Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, all those things, stock prices, religion, whatever. It doesn't matter. You can bet on everything. BetOnline.ag. It's open 24 hours a day, and it's all online. So 
Head over there. Here's the deal. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE, one word, BLUEWIRE, to join today. Receive your new welcome bonus, betonline.ag, your online wagering solution. Head over there. Sign up now. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, Here's the deal. You look at... I keep trying to jump back to where we were last year. Because the expectations and the attitude has changed dramatically. We kept saying, you go back to the 2018 season, man, what if Jimmy didn't get hurt? So many close games. You got Nick Mullins. You got all these things. Now you jump to where we are now. Everything's changed. The mindset, the preparation. Um, This is a win-now team that's still really young. You've got a few key starters that have changed. Really three just starters. Um, just three. That's it on the entire team. You're talking left tackle Trent Williams. You're talking right guard Daniel Brunskill, even though he was part of that. And we'll talk about all the Tom Compton, um, you know, McKivitz, all those guys, whatever. And then um, you've got wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders leaving. But you bring in Brandon Ayuk. So you've got these three positions on offense. And I'm not quite sure if any of them are a step back. Trent Williams, I think, is an upgrade. Um, you know, you talk Daniel Brunskill, Tom Compton, McKivick. I think that's an upgrade over person. Now, I don't think Brandon Ayuk is going to be an upgrade over Emmanuel Sanders, especially not in the first half of the season. But who knows? Who knows what can happen there? Um, now, let's focus a little bit on wide receivers, okay? And and a lot of this hinges on Debo Samuel being injured. Uh, that's rough because he's going to miss time. You know, I, I went back, and if you want to go back and listen to a previous episode, you know, I went back and I put basically all the time periods and timelines for Debo Samuel and where when he can return. Probably going to be week four. Um, you know, week one, you've got Arizona. Then you've got the back-to-back games in New York where you're, you know, on the East Coast. I don't even think he travels with the team, to be honest with you. I think he just stays home and rests. And whenever you come back, week four versus the Eagles, I believe, I think that's whenever he gets his chance. So, what are the position battles at the wide receiver position? Um, there's a lot. <laughs> I think the only clear defined starter, again, assuming Debo's out week one, is Kendrick Bourne. I think he's earned that right. I really, really do. Now, it's really funny because the faithful is divided. I think that there is a hardcore people that are Kendrick Bourne's amazing. He's going to lead the team in receiving from the wide receiver position. And then there's other people that are like, ah, not really big on Kendrick Bourne. Um, I'm a little bit more in the middle. I think that he is a solid starter. He's in a contract year. He's playing for a big deal. And he's got to get the chance to prove himself. He's worked this offseason like no other. Um, he is putting up videos and workouts nonstop. So I think Kendrick Bourne is a week one starter no matter what. Okay, now let's look at that slot role. Who's going to win that? Trent Taylor and Jalen Hurd. If they're both healthy, I think Trent Taylor gets it week one. I really, really do. And I think they'll swap in and out. I believe that. Jalen Hurd, the ceiling on that guy, I'm team Jalen Hurd. It's just what it is. Um, (laughs) Jalen Hurd, I I love the guy. I, I just love what he brings to the table. I think that he is a mismatch specialist. But... Early on, I don't think that you want to throw two rookies out there starting. Because let's say you go Kendrick Bourne, and then you go Jalen Hurd at the slot, and then you want to work Brandon Ayuk in. 
You want two rookie starters week one on a shortened training camp with no mini camp, with no rookie camp, with no any of those things? I, I don't I don't like that. I think that you you scheme up packages and certain plays for Jalen Hurd, and that's a big if, you know, coming off the back injury and all those things. Yeah, he's healthy. Yeah, he's cleared. I get it. He's not going through contact. Uh, so we've got to see what that looks like. We saw him in the Dallas Cowboys preseason game where he just owned everybody. Um, I expect more of that to come. But I, I think with Jalen Hurd, I think Trent Taylor starts. He's your starter. And I think you put Jalen Hurd on, you know, a 15 to 20 snap limit. And I think you slowly phase him in. Now at the other outside spot, I think that, you know, in three wide receiver sets, obviously the 49ers do a bunch of different things. But I think it's going to be between Brandon Ayuk. And I think that they're going to work in, uh, this is kind of the weird one, the old man that they signed, Travis Benjamin. I think with Debo healthy, Travis Benjamin would have been cut. But you have to have some type of veteran presence that's out there. You can't discount that. Uh, It matters. And so I do think that Travis Benjamin, I think that he could be out there the very first play week one. I think that that could be a thing. Um, But... Obviously, Brandon Ayuk is going to be the guy um, that takes that, but it's just it, it's 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 a mess because this is not where the 49ers wanted to be heading into this season with Debo out. You tried to sign Emmanuel Sanders, you tried to get him to take a team friendly deal. He didn't want that. He went and got paid the extra money to play with the Saints. Um, Trent Taylor missed a whole season. Jalen Hurd missed a whole season. Brandon Ayuk rookie, as we talked about, the wide receiver position battle is not great. Okay, Um, and again, back to what we said earlier. If you have all these question marks, that means you don't have clear to find starters. Notice I haven't mentioned Dante Pettis or Richie James. I don't think that they factor into that. Anything that you get from those two is just gravy. You kind of have to move on. Um, You kind of have to move on and just see what they can do. But I think that this, I don't know. You look at what they drafted. You know, Jawan Jennings. Let's say Trent Taylor or Jalen Hurd are injured. Well, guess what? Upstart, Jawan Jennings. I don't think that he has a chance to make the actual roster unless Trent Taylor or Jalen Hurd goes down. I love Jawan Jennings, and I think he's a lot of fun. I think he needs time to develop. Um, And so I think he's a perfect practice squad guy that needs to be kind of cultivated into this system and then can take that role. Trent Taylor's polished. He's been in the. He started two years, and he knows the playbook probably as well as anybody. Jalen Hurd, this is his second year. Um, we'll have to see what happens there. So that's a wide receiver position. You know, again, my projected very first three wide receiver set for the 49ers in 2020. I think it's going to be Trent Taylor, Kendrick Bourne, and Travis Benjamin. Um, I think those are the three guys that are out there. You move forward with the veterans that know the system, and then you process through that. Um, it's crazy to think Kendrick Bourne and <laughs> Trent Taylor are veterans, uh, but yeah, that's it's where we are. Now let's jump to the running back position, and this was probably the most fun um, and, man, the most up in the air. You want to talk about deep position? I got six. Six running backs, and that's not counting Kyle Juszczyk, and that's also not counting Debo Samuel, who might be the best running back we have, and Brandon Ayuk, who's going to be running the ball like crazy as well. So, with Tevin Coleman passing the 6-1 deadline and getting that guaranteed, because he, he could have been cut, and I, personally I thought he should have been, but whatever, he's part of the 49ers, let's move forward. He's a great pass protector, 
and he's just a guy that kind of does everything well. He, he doesn't break tackles, but uh, he just does everything well. A jack-of-all-trades kind of guy with top-end speed. Now, Mostert should be the main guy moving forward. There, I don't think anybody disagrees with that. The only person that can challenge Mostert for kind of running back supremacy is Jarek McKinnon because he is a better fit than Raheem Mostert and Kyle Shanahan's system. And here's what I mean by that. Jarek McKinnon and Raheem Mostert speed-wise, Mostert wins. Jarek McKinnon's still a 4-3-40 guy. Uh, Mostert's the fastest running back in football, I believe. I, I really, really do. You look at the Madden ratings, not that I give a lot of weight to that. Uh, Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert are the two fastest running backs uh, speed-wise uh, in the NFL, according to Madden. Now, Jarek McKinnon, though, he provides this extra element, and that's receiving out of the backfield. Tevin Coleman, you, you remember the drop touchdown pass in the Rams game in the corner of the end zone? He's not the best, most fluid route runner. He's got decent hands. He's not bad, but he's not great. Raheem Mostert's the same way. He's got all the wiggle in the world, but he is not an established route runner. Jarek McKinnon, you could make the argument whenever he is fully healthy, he might be the third best wide receiver on this team whenever you just look at routes and hands. Uh, the most fluid athlete, one of the f most fluid athletes ever to come out of the combine. Uh, you know, you go back to spark scores, which measures, you know, um, explosiveness and all this stuff. He's number one from the position group. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy to look back. Georgia Southern put out Matt Breida and Jarek McKinnon, uh, the Bulldogs down there, man. Uh, and they ran the triple option, which is hilarious. They don't anymore. They should go back. I wish they would. So those are our three starters. Now, the three backup players are no joke, okay? Obviously, you got Jeff Wilson Jr. out of North Texas. All he does is get first downs and touchdowns. Um, decent out of the backfield. Think back to the Arizona touchdown, game-winning touchdown against Chandler Jones when he ran the option route. He kind of does everything. But the problem with Jeff Wilson is this. He's a better football player than he is a fit in Kyle Shanahan's system. He doesn't really fit what Kyle Shanahan wants in a running back, but he's just a guy that gets the job done, period. Okay? Um, I, I see some people getting upset <laughs> about my Tevin Coleman. That's okay. Uh, I, I, I understand I'm in the minority in Tevin Coleman. I just want a running back that can break a tackle um, in the zone scheme. Tevin Coleman doesn't break tackles. Uh, if nobody touches him, he's off to the races. I do agree with that. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely team Tevin Coleman is the third, maybe fourth best back on this team. I know a lot of people disagree with me. That's okay. That's okay. Disagree with me. Um, now, I like Wilson, and I think that he is tied to Jarek McKinnon. Um, here's why. Because there's some reason Kyle Shanahan loves using Wilson on third downs. Obviously, he'd probably prefer to have Jarek McKinnon out there. But let's say Jarek McKinnon's healthy. Now it's a competition between Jeff Wilson and the two undrafted free agent rookie running backs. So we got two gyms, okay? Jamichael Hasty out of Baylor. Everybody knows I'm a big Hasty guy. He's making this roster at some point this year. I guarantee it. And Salvan Ahmed now out of Washington. So here's the deal. Hasty is already the second best receiving running back we have behind Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon's out. Hasty's making this roster, period. Okay. Now let's say Jarek McKinnon is healthy. Um, now you look at Hasty. Okay, what does he bring? One, special teams. He would be huge. He has the perfect mentality whenever you look at just what he brings. All, he's a single-digit guy at Baylor, which if you want to go back and look at that, I did a whole podcast on Hasty. I really like him. Now Salvin Ahmed. 
He's a perfect zone running back out of Washington. They specialize in the outside zone toss on the perimeter. We run the exact same blocking scheme that they do on the outside toss play. Uh, we run zone a little bit differently, but when the, we we do the same toss as the Washington Huskies did, and he's great. The problem is he's slow. He's a 4'6", 240 guy, um, so he's not so much a blazer. Whenever you look at guys like Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, Raheem Mostert, he's a little bit more like Wilson. Um, but he has more experience in the zone system than anybody else, uh, especially Hasty as well. So that's kind of there. Now, again, if I had to project, which I'm going through and doing my projections, which are going to be hard as hell to do this year because of COVID and all that kind of stuff. Um, best case scenario, Raheem Mostert should have the most touches in the running back position, but it's going to be divided up. Um, I don't think that there's going to be a clear workhorse running back. I don't think that's what it is. Raheem Mostert needs probably 10 to 15 carries a game. I think Tevin Coleman needs probably 7 to 12. And I think Jarek McKinnon needs about that same race, 7 to 12 touches, whether that's running back or whatever else. Um, so that's kind of where we're at for that. Now, if we look at the offensive guard position, and this one's kind of crazy. You know, we had Mike Person that was out there. But there's three different guys that can start at that right guard spot right now. Now, my guess is training camp they enter in, Tom Compton's probably going to be the guy. Kyle Shanahan's so loyal to former players, whatever else. He paid him way more than he should have, whatever else. Now, everybody wants Daniel Brunskill to start. I, I don't think it's even close. I think he could be one of the – I hate to say this. I think he's the second or third best lineman. Perhaps McGlinchey takes a jump. Um, from his rookie year. Mike McGlinchey's rookie year was better than his sophomore campaign. Now, the good thing is we saw a lot of great flashes in Mike McGlinchey's sophomore year. It just wasn't consistent. His rookie year was much better. So, you know, Trent Williams, Mike McGlinchey is how it should go. Then you're talking Lakin Tomlinson, who's next? And I think that Daniel Brunskill should win that job. I really, really do. Um, you know, they've talked about keeping him at guard. They've worked him some at center. If Western Richburg is out and you've only got Ben Garland, perhaps Brunskill starts at center, which would be crazy. Uh, I'm not the biggest Tom Compton fan. Going back over his film, he's he's a jag, uh, just a guy, as we referred to him. Um, but whatever. And then you have Colton McKivitz, who I think is going to be the 49ers utility player for a long time. Um, he probably has the most upside out of all, all three of these guys. But what is his fit going to be like? In his rookie year, in a new system, um, you know, he's played left tackle, he's played sub center, he's played guard, he's played right tackle, he's played everywhere, and he's just mean as hell. Uh, he's going to be a fan favorite. Uh, you know, we're not going to get any preseason games, so we're, we're not going to get to see these guys very much, which is rough, because if you see Colton McKivitz in the 49ers uniform playing against another opponent, everybody's going to love him because he doesn't stop to the whistle and he always gets the last punch in and he wants to embarrass people, um, which I love as well. So, you know, whenever we look at just where these guys are, I think Daniel Brunskill will be one. Tom Compton will probably be an early backup, but could be a cap casually and could be cut because if Colton McKivix is as advertised, and remember, before the Matt Breida trade to get Trent Williams, John Lynch has said repeatedly, we were going to take Colton McKivitz uh, with the pick that we traded to get Trent Williams. And so they were willing to get Colton McKivitz as a left tackle replacement for Joe Staley after they found out. 
Now, thankfully, the Trent Williams trade happened, and they still got Colton. And, you know, they do believe that he could play all five spots. Um, so he's going to be rotating around as well. Um, eventually, I think it would be Brunskill and McKivitz there at that guard spot, but we'll have to see there. And the last position I want to talk about, this will be the last one we go through today. The number two tight end. I think that this is Kyle Shanahan's least favorite position battle. <laughs> he wanted another tight end so bad. Uh, whether it was Austin Hooper, you know, he still could get somebody. Uh, they've talked with Jordan Reed, you know, the longtime uh, Washington tight end who had all the concussions. Uh, there's Delaney Walker, who I don't think fits as well. I love Delaney Walker. But I, I think that there could still be a, ch a chance here of a late trade. Uh, Njoku has been linked to them. O.J. Howard, who I don't think is ever on the trading block, uh, has been linked to them as well. I don't think Kyle Shanahan is happy with his number two tight end. Okay, Obviously, you've got Kittle, who we've talked about. He's the best in the business. Tight end one, guaranteed. Uh, anybody wants to debate that, they're wrong. Um, not trying to take anything away from Travis Kelsey. He's just not a complete tight end. Uh, he's a wide receiver. Uh, it's what it is. Anyway, so who's going to win the number two spot? Um, Roz Dwelly, a lot of fans love Roz because he filled in for Kyle Juszczyk when he was hurt. He filled in for George Kittle when he was hurt. He made huge clutch plays to ice games against the Cardinals. Uh, this guy, he's great. But for some reason, something happened. In 2019, down the playoff stretch, he lost all of his snaps. He was healthy. He was still playing on special teams. But they decided to go straight Levine Toilolo, who has very low upside in the receiving game. Now, Toilolo's gone. Um, so what are you going to do? They go out and they draft Charlie Warner, tight end from Georgia, who is exceptional run blocking extraordinaire. Now, if you go all the way back to Charlie Warner's high school film, which he played at a single, single A school, very, very small country town, he was everything. He was quarterback, running back, wide receiver. He did everything. Uh, he can be a movable tight end, but that's not what he does well. And so you look at Roz Dwelly, you look at Charlie Warner, who's going to be the guy to take that spot? And I think it kind of depends. It, way too often we kept George Kittle in to pass protect, um, and I hated that. I would much rather have somebody like Charlie Warner in there that can pass protect just as well as Kittle Okay, and then allow Kittle to go out on route. So in two wide, two tight end sets, uh, that's what I would like to see. Uh, Roz Dwelly's going to still be there. I, I think that that's important, but this is going to be Charlie Warner's job to lose. And if Charlie Warner can't prove to this team early, guarantee you they're going to bring in a veteran that they trust. Now, you still have Daniel Helm and Chase Harrell, undrafted free agent they brought in from Arkansas. Uh, Daniel Helm's been with the system for two years now. But you, you have these two guys, and I think that they're important, but I think they're depth pieces. Um, I, I think it's going to go, you know, George Kittle, Charlie Warner, Ross Dwelly. And if Warner can bite off a huge chunk of this offense, it's going to be important because uh, several things. One, Kyle Hughes checks up for a huge extension. Do you want to pay another five and a half, six million for a fullback? Uh, you know, Charlie Warner, he's he's got some spots. He can win the number two tight end role. He could possibly move into that fullback role, which I love use check. I hope we keep him. But position flexibility is very important. Um, so anyway, just a couple quick reminders before I jump off here. Um, 
Got to give a shout out to Adam Hawking. Uh, he's got another article up on NinersRush.com where he breaks down. He's gone through every single position, and he just finished. He put the uh, defensive backs episode out there, uh, article out there. It's very, very well written. So check that out. As always, uh, Juan, who runs our Instagram and helps cut up clips and do some film editing, just want to say thank you to you uh, and everybody that signed up for the Patreon. Really do appreciate it. It's free for one more week. Um, going to be uploading a whole nother hour long breakdown of Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, on third and medium. Uh, just want to give a shout out to these people that signed up. Russell, Ruben, Adrian, uh, Raphael, Torre, Mr. LD, David, uh, just want to say thank you to you guys and girls. Uh, really do appreciate it. That helps the podcast out tremendously and anything that is pledged over there. It's free for now. Uh, August 1st is the first time it'll be charged. So if you want to go check out all the content, go sign up for free, watch as much much video as you want for a week and then you can uh just unsubscribe uh before the first it's not going to cost you a penny so that is available for you hopefully you enjoy the work and the time that's put in and you want to support the podcast which is completely free uh but uh that's there for you so just want to say thank you to you guys and we'll be back with another episode soon uh breaking down the defensive side and hopefully we get a little bit more good news with george kittle so just want to say thank you guys as always and stay strong faithful Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.